Ezra chapter number 5, verse 1. I'd like to read verse 1 down through verse number 5. Give you the message God's put on my heart. Ezra chapter number 5, verse 1. If you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand for the reading in reverence of God's holy word. The Bible said, Ezra chapter 5, verse number 1. Then the prophets Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Ido, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, amen, uh, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. At the same time came to them uh, Tatnai, governor of this side of the river, and Shethar, Boznai, and their companions, and said unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? Then said we unto them after this manner, uh, what, are, what are the names of the men that make this building? Notice verse 5. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came to Deiris, and then they returned answer by letter concerning this matter. Let's go to the Lord, word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Lord, and I thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for being altogether lovely. Thank you for the sweet songs of Zion, the notes on the instruments. Thank you for the Sunday school time. Thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, I pray for a little while this morning you would uh, help us to set the world to side for a little bit. And God, help us to gather around your word. And God, we would be encouraged through the truth of your word. And God, we'd leave here better than when we came. Lord, I pray the saint would be encouraged. I pray, Lord, for the lost that do not know you. I pray today would be the day they come put their faith and trust in you as Lord and Savior. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your grace. Be with us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. You might be seated. Ezra chapter number 5, looking at verse 1 through 5. And I said a moment ago, I guarantee you have no idea what I'm preaching today. And uh, most of the time that would be right, but this would be especially right today. We find here really uh, just what's amazing about these verses is it goes from tell, Ezra chapter number 4 goes and kind of gives a survey uh, of trouble over a period. Then it kind of focuses back in on not the rebuilding of Jerusalem, but resuming, Brother Bill, rebuilding the house of God. And in the midst of all that, I found some things that we should be thankful for. So with God's help this morning, I want to preach on this thought, Thanksgiving in October. Amen. Thanksgiving in October. So that's not right, Brother Jacob. Well, if it happened to be last Sunday, I would have preached Thanksgiving in September, but we're going to preach today because it's October 1st on Thanksgiving in October. Don't be mad. Hallmark does Christmas in July. Somebody say amen for that, all right? Thanksgiving in October. What, what are some things we find in these verses that we should be thankful for? Number one, Thank God for the preachers who challenge us. Look at verse number 1. Then the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Ido prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel even unto them. Thank God for the preachers 
who challenge us. Now, it's kind of hard for a preacher to preach about preachers, but can I just preach about preachers just for a second? Uh, and I, this is saying about me as the preacher, but there's other preachers in our lives. Can we agree to that this morning? But thank God for the preachers who challenge us. I went to Brotherhood yesterday morning. Thank you, Brother George, for inviting me. Thank you, uh, thank you, Sister Donna, for your brother-in-law passing the information along. They told us about a brotherhood and Brother Joe McAdams preached. And I went yesterday morning and he challenged my heart. Thank God for preachers uh, who challenge us. Amen. And that's what we see here in verse number one. But there's a couple things we can note about the preachers that we're thanking God for. Yes, they challenged them. Uh, they were the prophets Haggai and the prophets Zechariah. And you say, well, uh, those names sound familiar. They should sound very familiar because they are the very prophets who wrote the book of Haggai and the book of Zechariah. And they are helping here with the returned remnant there in Jerusalem to resume building the house of God. Two things about this in the preaching and their messages. Number one, I want us to note the encouragement of their message. Now, uh, just going to take a time out and say this. I'm not preaching this morning that all messages need to be encouraging. That is not what I'm preaching. That is not, that, brother, brother Bill, that would be dishonest for me to say. And there's a lot of preachers today, all they want to do is get up, sling rose water, amen, and they want to tickle people's ears and tell them how good they are, amen. That is not what Haggai and Zechariah did. We find the encouragement of their message. The text does not tell us what their message was. Y'all hear? Y'all see this morning? All we know is they relayed a message. They prophesied unto the people at Jerusalem. But Andre, it doesn't tell us what they said. So we cannot, look, since the message isn't there, we cannot call their message encouraging. That would be dishonest for us to say that. But it may not have been a positive message, but you better believe that it produced a positive. Can I say this? I may not always preach a positive, uplifting messages, but here's the reality. There are some who just like to make people feel good and uh, feel inspired. Can I tell you, more than making you feel good today, I want you to serve, I want you to leave as a result of, of the preaching of God's Word and not just feel good today. I want you to live good tomorrow and a week from now and a year from now and a decade from now. I want you to still be walking with God. A preacher in days gone by said, he said he could get up, preach, and make people shout in an hour. He said, but I don't want you to be shouting in an hour. I want you to be shouting a year from now or ten years from now. Can I tell you uh, this morning, it may not have been a positive message, but I guarantee a positive came out of it. It was probably one of those messages we refer to as a strong medicine message. And you say, I don't know what a strong medicine message is. Sometimes God will give the preacher the right antibiotics to give to the congregation. And then sometimes God says, all right, preach a little bit of preventive maintenance type message uh, and just deal with sin as you're there. And uh, you say, well, I, I don't like that kind of thing. Well, I, can I tell you when we're talking about Haggai and Zechariah, I'm thankful for the preachers in my life. You should be thankful for the preachers in your life. You don't, we're not thanking God for the ones who tickled your ears and told you how pretty you were and how sweet you were. Thank God for the preacher who told me I was a sinner and that I needed Jesus and that I was walking in sin and I had another God. Y'all hearing me? I'm thankful uh, for the days which a man of God came and told me not a positive message, but told me something that produced a positive. Thank God for strong medicine preaching. The message was probably something like this. Get back to work. Now, a lot of people get offended by that. And a lot of people can't handle preaching today. And I'll be honest with you, my mind's probably playing games with me this morning. I don't know. 
We've had people leave the church before because preaching. And uh, we, uh, I had to clarify my brother. Asked me, he said, you had somebody leave your church over something you preached for? I said, yeah. So that particular situation I was talking about, he heard me say it. It was, uh, I, I did misspeak one time. And can I tell you, if you speak it as, as often as I do, you're going to misspeak one time or another. That's right. Amen. I know y'all don't have that problem because y'all aren't human or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is we have had people come before and they've heard the word of God. They've heard the truth and they've never come back. Uh, one of the, one of the most, um, one, one example of that that I'll mention of God, God giving me liberty. We had a couple come one time, and Brandon and I were so excited. I mean, this guy got done telling me, he said he went to seminary, he was trained in the ministry, and they were looking for a church. And he said, I listened to you preach on, online, and what you preach was the pure, unadulterate Word of God. And I'm like, man, he's talking my language. I, I, mean, he's, he, I mean, he was just eating the preaching up, more than what I was teaching him. He just loved it. And whatever reason that morning, God said, hey, just touch on something. Just touch on something little. And they said, this is the church. Never saw them again. They like, they like the glory, but they didn't like the, the gory type messages. And sometimes we need those messages. Is that all right? And they came and the Bible don't tell us what the message was, but we do get the gist as the result. The message was get back to work. Yes. Even so, encouragement can be found. And I'm not saying it was an encouraging message, but I'm sure that there is encouragement to be found. How, Brother Jacob? Why can we find encouragement in preaching that is against sin, that is hard, that is difficult to hear, and makes you uneasy in sin? How, Brother Jacob, how can we find encouragement in that when a preacher preaches the truth? Number one, God loved them so much that he sent them a specific message and a specific hour. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for the times that I've needed a word from the Lord and God sent a messenger, uh, whether it was in this church or another church or at a brotherhood. Y'all follow me this morning, brother? And I needed a word from the Lord and the great God of all heaven and earth loved me so much to send me the exact words that I needed at the exact moment that I needed to hear. Would y'all agree with me this morning? That was would be an encouragement. Thank God for it. It can be like this. Somebody being goofy and playing in floodwaters and getting swept up. And then a boat coming by to rescue them. And then when they pull them in from rescuing, they are thankful that they are rescued. But that person who rescued them said, well, that was pretty dumb for you to play out in these floodwaters. Well, I'm not getting in, the, I'm not getting in that flood boat because he's going to tell me how goofy I was for playing in floodwaters. No, no, you get in the boat. You get in the boat and you uh, accept safety. How we find encouragement? Love, God loved them so much that he gave them a specific message and a specific hour number two. God still has some servants who will still deliver the exact message God tells them to deliver despite the world's climate. Can I tell you, I thank God for there's preachers today that uh, still, Brother Ed, aren't required to sugarcoat it. Tone it down, water it down, but they'll give the message, thus saith the word of God. Can I just spoil it this morning? I want to be one of those preachers that preaches exactly what God says to preach. And I'm thankful I got some friends that that still preach what God tells them to preach. And you know some preachers and maybe have had preachers in years gone by come through this church that have preached the word of God and not toned it down. One thing I love about the brotherhood meeting yesterday is Brother Joe said, I'm going to preach exactly what God told me to preach. 
preach. And he did, and it was needed, and it was true, and it was right, and it was spot on. You say, Brother Jake, how can we be encouraged about that? Even when a preacher comes and blisters our, our spiritual hide, we can be thankful that there are preachers who have not bowed their knee to Baal. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm glad there's preachers that haven't caved to the government and caved to Fauci. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I'm glad that, praise God. I'm glad there's still Bible preaching churches that aren't kissing the Pope's ring. Help me, somebody. I'm glad we still got some people who will stand up for the truth of God. And you say, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. I re- y'all going to pray for me. I read Revelation this morning, or part of Revelation this morning. And there is that Babylonian religion. And that Babylonian religion makes the world go round. I'm going to tell you, I'm not kissing Babylon's ring. Somebody help me this morning. I'm glad there's some preachers in 2023 that will still stand for the truth and tell you what you need to hear. There's some who are desiring. They're trying to go through the drive-through of religion and get them what they want, when they want, how they want it. Please leave the mayonnaise off. Please no pickle. Please no mustard. Can I tell you when you get around God's man, a true servant of God, they don't care if you like mayonnaise or you don't like mustard or you don't like onions or you don't like pickles. They're going to serve it up God's way. And if you got any sense about you, you eat the message God's given you. Somebody help me this morning. That's all right, man. I haven't ate breakfast this morning. I'm feeling pretty hungry after that burger illustration. Amen. (laughs) Thank God that there are still some preachers who are going to tell it like it is. Nah. Uh, there was a youth meeting I was in years ago, just attended, and uh, I don't remember everything this preacher preached. Brother Art Brady got up and preached, and I don't remember all that he preached, but I do remember that morning he made an emphasis to preach on big mouth preachers. Y'all were there. Y'all probably remember it, Brother George. Big mouth preachers. I don't remember all the context he said, but praise God, I'm glad that there's still some preachers who will let the bugle roll, amen, and they'll still tell the message, they'll say the word of God. While the world opposes them and rejects them, they'll still tell the message God told them to say. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, I need proof of that. Read the prophets. Read the prophets. They get thrown in dungeons. They was getting killed. They was getting attacked by foreigners and their home people. They were rejected, but they kept telling the message. The encouragement of their message. Number two, not only the encouragement of their message, but what about the enlightenment of their message? What did they reveal? What did they illuminate? The text does not tell us what their message was, but we see the results of their message in the following verse. Apparently, God's message was God's message dealt with getting back to rebuilding the house of God. They did not just point out the wrong. They also point out the solution for it. Can I just take time with thanking God for preaching this morning? I'm sure Brother Tommy did this, and uh, uh, Brother Sam Shipp did this, and Brother Wiley Butler did this, but any preacher we thank God for is not a preacher who comes by and says, God's mad at you, and just walks away. Wouldn't that, well, how helpful is that? God's angry with you, and just walks away. That ain't very helpful. That's not very beneficial. When a preacher comes by and says, hey, I want you to know God don't like that. You're on the wrong path, but let me show you how to fix it. That, I hate to tell you, the world don't like this, but two-thirds of the office of preaching is negative. Um, Paul, in uh, the pastoral epistles there in Timothy, says to reprove, negative, rebuke, negative, then exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Y'all follow me this morning? Rebuke what you're doing wrong. Reproves how you can make it right, but you're doing wrong. And exhorts and encourages you for the rights that you do. Y'all, y'all follow me this morning? Thank the enlightenment of their message. They told them, 
They didn't come out and say, hey, God's mad y'all are lazy. No. If y'all been sitting on your hands, it's time to get up. And God will lead you. God will guide you. Oh, yeah, and God's people will help you. They didn't just point out the wrong. They also point out the solution. And good preaching does both. It exposes the wrong, and it also provides the solution for said wrong. How helpless would it be, Brother Bill, for a preacher to, to preach a message and tell somebody something's wrong and told them they could not fix it? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, there have been preachers in uh, days gone by. They have opposed things, and uh, things that uh, they oppose things that are right to oppose, but they've opposed them in the wrong way. Y'all following me this morning? Amen. You can be right and do it wrong. It's truth. And uh, they go down to different types of parades and every time of rallies and they try to proclaim the gospel. But their gospel, Brother Will, would turn from proclaiming the gospel to calling names and attacking people. Uh, can I tell you, the, God ain't pleased with that. That's right. They don't glorify God. That doesn't further the gospel. But a, a, a preacher, thank God for preachers, and I want to be one. you you got preachers in mind that you can thank God for today that have told you the truth. You may not even uh, be, y'all may not even be in their, you're not in their church anymore. You may not be as friend, uh, uh, close friends with them anymore. But if you had preachers in your life that have told you the truth without reservation, you ought to thank God for it because they showed you the right way. They exposed the wrong way and then pointed you towards the right way. Haggai and Zechariah did not say the temple's unfinished. You guys are lazy. You guys are cowards. And God's disappointed. No, they didn't just do that. Haggai and Zechariah obviously said something along these lines. The Lord said, it's been long enough. You've sat on your hands long enough. You've put off working long enough. Get up, get going, get to work, and get after it for the Lord. And I tell you, I thank God for the preachers God's given me in my life. Thank God for my childhood preacher who pointed me to the cross. Thank God for my uh, my uh, pastor when I was a teenager, and uh, 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 God revealed to me through that his ministry that I was supposed to be a preacher of the gospel. Thank God for my youth pastor that uh, uh, I'll be honest, brother Chris was my youth pastor, and he helped me a lot and showed me uh, pointed out a lot of errors in my life, but showed me a right way, a more expedient way, a better way. I was talking to my brother this past week, and I just tell you this to help you if you if you'll take it. The, the choice for a child of God is not between good and bad. If you're saved, your faith's in Jesus Christ, bad's already off the table. Amen. The choice for you is not good and bad. The choice in your life and in my life is not good and bad. The choice in our life is good and best. Amen. 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 And I thank God for some preachers told me to get the bad option off the table and showed me that there's a better way. Y'all follow me this morning. There's some, thank God for preachers who challenge us. I want to be one of them. And uh, thank God for the preachers in your life and in my life that have shown us the right way. Thanksgiving in October. Thank God for the preachers who challenge. Number two, thank God for the people who work for the Lord. Look at verse two. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of uh, Shetelai, and Jeshua, the son of Jehozadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. Thank God for people who serve the Lord, who will work for the Lord. I'm probably going to say some very hard and pointed things here, so hopefully y'all can thank God for it. If not, just 
the vacuum may get it up later, but we'll, we'll may get it later. Still needs to be repaired just for those that are wandering. Amen. Uh, but the truth of the matter is this. I'm, I'm going to be plain. They heard the preaching of the Word of God, and they did something about number one, these workers we thank God for. They were responsive. Responsive. Can I tell you that uh, being responsive is one of the key things about being a blessing, someone that we can thank God for? I heard a preacher say many years ago, you could take this morning, you clear off this communion table, and you could put a dead body on it. You could put a dead body on this communion table, Brother Bill, and you could preach to it. You give it the best example of being alive, and that body is not going to get up. That body's not going to listen to you. Why? Because it's dead. But if you're alive in Jesus Christ, you should be able to hear. Dead people can't hear, but live people are supposed to Listen, that's right, supposed to hear. They were responsive, responsive people who work for the Lord are actually moved by preaching. Y'all follow me? People who we thank God for are people who hear the Word of God and they will do it. Can I give you from a pastor's perspective, you do with what you want to with this, and it may be different from your angle. There are people that you'll hear the preaching of the Word of God, and they say, I might not even understand it all, but you said the Bible said, and I'm going to do it. Praise God. But then there's those you can tell them clear from the Word of God. The Bible says, and they say, yeah, but I'm going to do the opposite. That makes me want to pull my hair out. Amen. Dead people don't hear, but living people hear. If you're hearing, you should be responding. They actually were moved by preaching. Some people come into church, and this is what they do. They come in church, put their fingers in their ears, say, na 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 I'm not listening, and sit on their hands and just endure the service and get through it. Uh, listen to me, if you're here this morning, you're saying you're going to muster your way through the service, and you're not going to be affected by the preaching, and uh, you've got your ears plugged up, and preaching's never moved you. I would check first off if you're alive. Number two, if you know you're alive, your faith's in Jesus Christ, what you need to do is get you a spiritual Q-tip, clean your ears out, and listen to the preaching of the Word of God. Everybody all right? Say amen. amen. People who work for the Lord, we thank God for them. They're moved by preaching, by teaching of the Word of God. They're responsive. People we thank God for are people who, people who work for the Lord are teachable. Teachable. If you can't be taught, uh, you're in a bad way. There are some, I'll be honest, I, I, I have no authority to help on some things. Last night, I don't know why my friend called me, pastor friend of mine. He called me and said, hey, I'm working on a hot water heater and I need your opinion. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I can change the hot, weeder, hot water heater out. Thank God for shark bots, you know what I'm talking about. I screw them in. I mean, push them in. And I mean, I can I turn the breaker off and on. I, I could change a hot water heater, but he was working on the internal electric mechanisms in a hot water heater. He's calling asking my advice. I was like, I don't know, but I know somebody who does. I'll call my daddy-in-law. And he didn't answer. He called me back three hours later. I said, uh, I said he said, hey, I said, I'm on the side of the road. I'm broke down. He said, no, you're not. I said, well, might as well have been answer me, Travis. <laughs> My fa- my mother in law, she'll get to move in when she's old. My father in law's going to nursing home. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Amen. That's a joke. Y'all laugh. Amen. 
but I did the best I could to try to teach him, but I was in no position to teach him. One thing I appreciate about that brother is he was thinking there was something he could glean from me. I hate to tell him. I told him what Google said. And uh, say I placed the, placed the heating elements, brother, that bill, and might have bought some bad ones. I don't know. There could be a lot of things wrong. But one thing is, is if you're going to learn something, you know why I know anything about hot water heaters? I'm not that master at it. As I've had some experience of practice and tried to learn, I was trying to be taught about hot water heaters. Y'all follow me this morning? There are some people when it comes to things of God, you know what you know, you refuse to know anymore, you will not be taught, you will not be changed. Uh, listen, I, I'm not trying to uh, get too personal here, but uh, in, in months gone by, I had somebody tell me, uh, well, uh, you know, I... Uh, just tell me, well, th- this is right, and, and we, it's always worked this way, and it's always going to work this way, and it's right. But I took the Bible and I said, it's not right. Amen. You saying something's right, and the Bible actually saying it's right, is not the same thing. That's right. And if somebody's want to take their membership and go to another church, because I'm not going to deviate from what the Bible says, Amen. that's on them. That's right. Amen. Woo. They were responsive. Thank God for those people. Not only were they responsive, they were reasonable. Reasonable. Well, the Bible says that the prophets came and they prophesied to rebuild the house of God. They got up. They started rebuilding the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And oh yeah, the preachers that preached to them got in there and helped them along the way. Thank God for the preachers that were willing to get their hands dirty and get in on the job. Somebody say amen right there. But they were reasonable. They knew they could not just talk about the work of God. Right. They actually had to do it. Right. That's right. You, the vacuum's broke. Well, it's broke. Get fixed. No, you got to fix it. You got to take it apart. You got to learn how to do it. You got to put it back together. Y'all follow what I'm saying this morning. The work of God is why well, I'm here. I go to church. That's, that's the work of God. I hate to tell you it's part of it, but that ain't it. Amen. That's right. You can talk about it. Until you blue in the face, that ain't doing anything. Y'all follow me? Uh, they could not just talk about it. They knew they actually had to participate in it. Can I tell you, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It is a participant activity. You need to get involved with Thank God for the preacher who challenges. Thank God for the people who work for the Lord. Aren't y'all thankful for the people who work for the Lord? Some people want to get involved in tech stuff. Somebody wants to help with the music. Somebody wants to play some instruments. Somebody wants to uh, take the trash. Somebody wants to help with the ground. Somebody uh, donates time with thermostats. Praise God and all those different things. Somebody just gets involved some way, somehow. Thank God for them. Thank God for them. Thank God for the people. Thanksgiving in October. Thank God for the preachers who challenge us. Thank God for the people who work for the Lord. Number three. Y'all going to think I'm crazy on this one. Thank God for the pest who keep fueling the fire. What do you mean, Brother Jacob? I'm not going to go back and read it. But they started going through. And after they started rebuilding the house of God, got back to work. Uh, their adversary rose up and said, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? What are the names of the men that make this building? What are you saying, Brother Jacob? Thank God for our... Enemies. You say, what? Thank God for our enemies. You say, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. I'm not following you. I know this sounds crazy, but we're thanking God for our enemies. Why? Because they keep fueling our fire. They are, our enemies, they are sources of aggravation. It sounds crazy, but thank God for the enemies. Without any opposition, 
There is no war. Who are we fighting for? For the Lord. If we're fighting for somebody, there's got to be something we're fighting against. Man, could y'all, could y'all just imagine with me for real? Let's just step into the secular world just to see how boring this would be. The Braves played the Nationals last night. They did. They played the Nationals last night. And it's a pretty good game. But you imagine how boring it would have been if the Braves got up and they just batted and there was nobody in the field. Everybody had hit a thousand that night. You're right. They didn't have to. Y'all, y'all, could you imagine? Could you imagine Strider getting up there to pitch? And there'd be no batter for him to throw to? Y'all follow me? It, would be, it wouldn't make any sense if there was not opposition. I know it sounds crazy. Opposition provides some perspective. We'll see that momentarily. Without any opposition, there is no war. Without someone to fight, we can lose track of who we are fighting for. In a way, our enemies make us think of him. Now, we talked about this in Sunday school this morning. I'm not going to re- go back and reteach the lesson. But one of the things that we, we must imply that got Joseph through down in the land of Egypt is, yes, he was away from his parents. Yes, he was away from his brothers. Yes, he had been sold into slavery. Yes, he had a, was a slave. Yes, um, uh, he was accused for standing for truth. He was thrown in a dungeon. But brother, brother Ed, what got him through, we have to imply, is that he thought he didn't focus on all the bad. He focused on the good that the Lord was with him. And not, you, God's going to do big things, but God had to use those, those inconvenient things to do big things. Are y'all following what I'm saying this morning? If there was no one to fight against, we would lose track of who we were fighting for. They really keep our mind on the Lord. In a way, they make us think of Him and keep us focused on our mission. Now, I'll be honest, I try to think about an appropriate illustration or application uh, or example here, rather, um, explaining this. But just I'm going to use what what I got so y'all should deal with me. I don't know if we've got any hunters in here this morning, but I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm not a big hunter anymore. Uh, I do hunt periodically, but I'm just going to throw this out here. You can be real lackadaisical walking into the woods in the dark. You can be real lackadaisical walking into the woods in the dark yes, sir. if you're just going for knowing there's deer and squirrels there. And I was under the pressure when I first started hunting. Harrison County was just deer and squirrels and occasional raccoon. Huh. And then, right across the street from where we were hunting, a dog was mauled by a bear. But the presence of an enemy made me pay attention a little bit closer. Be a little bit careful, a little bit more diligent. And y'all see where I'm going here. I had to be a little bit more careful. Now, I will tell you this just in case you're wondering. It is not fun to run up on a deer or a raccoon in the dark. It will scare you. You're going looking for deer and you walk up on in the dark, it will scare you. Can I promise you this morning, if you focus on deer and you run into a deer, you'll be a lot more thankful that you run into a deer than you would in running into a bear. I know, probably not the best illustration in the world. But the presence of a bear makes you more careful going to look for deer. The presence of enemies makes us more careful as we focus on our mission for the Lord. 
They are a source of aggravation. Number two, uh, they are a source of appreciation. Appreciation. Opposition value uh, places opposition places value on the work of the Lord. Opposition provides some additional perspective. And you say, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. Well, I hope this will make sense. Imagine winning a championship without ever practicing or playing a single game. Now, I know I gave a carnal uh, illustration of this moment. Of, can, I, can I give, give another one just real quick? Uh, I, y'all know I like the Braves. I know we've got some Braves fans in here. But the Braves won the championship back in 2021. And Ronald Cooney got a, got a ring, but he didn't play not a single game. Oh, you're a champion, but he didn't play. He was injured. Could you imagine? Hey, you're the winner. What did I, what did I win? Well, how did I win? Well, you're the winner. Well, I didn't play. Well, you're the champion. You're the victor. I, I didn't do anything. But when we fight and we, when we strive and we contend with opposition, we have to overcome. It gives us a little bit of appreciation for the victory. We've got to have an enemy if we're going to have victory. Y'all follow what I'm saying here? A source of appreciation. This first thing came to my mind in thinking on this thought. Thanking God for our enemies because they, they produce appreciation. Would Canaan, Canaan's land... Would Canaan have meant as much if they did not have to conquer it? When they first came into Canaan, they were like, oh, there's giants there. And 10 out of 12 were like, yeah, we're dead. We can't get it. We're going to die. They're giants. But two of them, they believed God. Brother Bill sang about this the other week. And two of them said, no, 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 we're going to have it. You know that, Brother Bill, they had to go drive the inhabitants of the land out. Can I tell you, because they had to drive the inhabitants of the land out, I'm sure it gave them a greater appreciation. I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. How about this? Would learning to ride a bike have meant as much if you were innately born with the ability to ride a bike? Well, everybody rides a bike. I learned how to swim. What if everybody knew how to swim, then swimming wouldn't be a big deal? Everybody knows how to ride a bike. Not everybody knows how to ride a bike. Right. Everybody was born with the ability to read. I learned to read. It would take the appreciation away. Because if everybody could read, if everybody could ride a bike, if everybody could swim, there would be no appreciation for it. With riding a bike, you had to learn. You had to learn how to do it. And that's part of the victory. You had to overcome your fears of falling and failing again and getting back on the bike. I thought about liking it to horseback riding, but I'm, I'd, be, I'd venture to say not everybody's ridden horses a bunch, but source of appreciation. I'm hurrying. Y'all been very attentive this morning. Thank God for the preachers who challenge us. Thank God for the people who work for the Lord. Thank God for the pest. I never thought I'd say that, but thank God for the pest who keep fueling the fire. Yes, sir. Last thing, I'm done. I thought about alliterating this, but God told me I better not try to. We've got the preachers, the people, and the pest. Fourth thing, thank God for on October 1st, 2023. Thank God for the God who keeps an eye out for us. Look at verse 5. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came unto Darius, and then they returned answer by letter concerning the matter. Thank God for the God who keeps keeps an eye out for us. I do always think it's interesting when the Bible talks about 
uh, a physical feature of God. It mentions shoulder, ear, singular, hand, singular. And now it's mentioning eye, singular. I, I think that's interesting. The Bible does do that periodically throughout the Word of God. But in the midst of all this, there the preachers have come. They prophesied, get up, get going for God. Let's rebuild this house of God. Let's join in and help one another. Let's rebuild the house of God. They're working together. And the enemies have come and they've opposed. Oh yeah, in the midst of all that, they're doing that. God has got an eye on them. God is watching out for them. Two things quickly and we'll be done. We thank God for we ought to thank God for what he sees. What he sees. When they were waiting and their enemies were celebrating, God was watching. When the work had was ceased, God was watching. When they were working and their enemies were plotting, God was watching. Can I tell you this morning, God is watching out for us too. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful we have a God who watches out for His people. I heard a preacher um, a couple months ago, and it kind of irked me, the message that he preached. And it was kind of interesting, but it was kind of bizarre because I never heard anybody preaching that before. I think he was kind of off in the left field just a little bit. But the idea is that God, God is not interested in the affairs of man. God doesn't look down here. God doesn't look down here, but God knows everything. He must deduct that he obviously if he knows everything he sees everything and in particular god's watching out for us and i'll be honest with you i'm gonna say something's gonna sound really bad so y'all gonna judge me and you just take your judgment with you when you go okay uh but the truth of the matter is we go to the park every now and again and uh it, it I, i'm a real observant person i mean I, i'll be honest about everywhere i'm going i'm, I'm scanning like i won't imagine the police are gonna walk did you see a person with a, with a yellow jacket on with with a string pulled on like, oh yeah there was a guy like i i, I remember stuff like that but well, i'll be honest with you I, i'm very observant i like keep an eye for things but we go to the park mulberry park we go play, and I'll be honest with you, there's a bunch of kids. And I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not like, hey, hey, like, oh, that, that kid's about to break his leg. Oh, get off of that. Like, I, I do watch stuff like that. But the ones I'm really watching is I'm watching for my colors. My colors, blue shirt, green shirt, whatever color shirt my kid has on, that's what I'm looking for. And it's hard to keep up all three of them. Right. Good old days is the boys used to wear matching outfits. My favorite one, they had lime green shorts. Those are my favorite to go to the park in. Because I was like, oh, there they are. There they are. But I'm watching over my kids. Can I tell you? Yes, that God can see see everybody on the playground, but he's really watching out for those with the same color shorts on. Amen? He, I know that's probably a bad example. He sounded probably just sounded Mormon right there. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is God's watching out for us, and we ought to thank God for that this morning. Aren't you glad that God watches out for us? Not only what he sees, but what it does, the result of what he sees. Because God had his eye on them, they could continue another mile. They're opposing them, they're fighting them, they're, they're threatening to shut down the work of God again. But Brother Bill, God was watching so they could keep on working. Uh, because God had his eye on them, they could withstand the heat of another day. <clears throat> because God had his eye on them, they knew they would be all right. Once the next obstacle came. Listen to me, child of God. I wish I could tell you this morning. I wish to tell you that everything in your life is going to be happy and go lucky. And your life is going to be perfect. And your car is never going to break down. You're never going to have to fix an appliance in your house. I, I wish to tell you nobody's ever going to oppose you or challenge you or accuse you or attack you for being a Christian. I would be lying. 
I'd be lying. When I report to you this morning, we have a God who watches over us. And that when that next obstacle comes, when that next trial comes, when that next adversary rises his head, when that next sickness presents itself, when that next confrontation comes, God's watching us so we can go on. We can press on. We're going to make it through him. Miss Macy, would you come? I'll give you two verses. I'm done. Psalm 33, verse 13 and 14. Love this. Love these verses. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Can I tell you this morning, nothing's taking God by surprise because He's watching. What are we thankful for today, Brother Jacob? I know there's a lot to thank God for, but just in this text, thank God for the preachers and teachers and instructors God's given you. Aren't you glad for those that have given you warning? Aren't you glad for the ones who's waved the flag and said, hey, the bridge is out? Aren't you glad for the ones who said, hey, there's a better way? Aren't you glad for somebody to say, why don't you reconsider your life? Why don't you reconsider that choice? Thank God for those instructors. Thank God for those people who get in and work for the Lord. It may not be the biggest thing in the eyes of man, but anything you do for God is for His glory and His honor. And we ought to thank God for it. And as strange as it may sound, I'm thankful this morning for our adversaries, our enemies. Sounds crazy. Boy, and I'm having to be cautious of that roaring lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That's the devil. If, I'm, if I know there's a lion, Brother Bill, I'm walking a little bit closer to the one who can protect me from the lion. In a way, we thank God for our enemies. But most of all, we thank thankful this morning for the God who watches over us. Let's stand to our feet. I'm done. Thank you for your attention.